In John 16.32, in John 16.32, he says this. He says, Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and you will leave me alone. If you think about it, to a degree, that is the year 2020. When the pandemic hit, when COVID-19 hit, um, most of us had no clue what in the world is this. Where did this come from? How, how in the world? And, and, and a lot of us had, if you will, different reactions to the pandemic. And we still, some of us still, are living in different stages of, of our walk. Okay? Uh, look what happened uh, back in, 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 in that pandemic time, if you will. Now remember, we are privileged to, to know, if you will, the rest of the story. Okay? But in their world at that time, they didn't know the whole Bible. But, but, but understand, okay, they all had different reactions. Okay, Peter's reaction, Peter's reaction was simply this. There is no way that you are crucifying my Jesus. I'm going to cut your ear off. And he did. Okay, you remember what most of the disciples did. Most of the disciples, they ran to a building and they gathered in an upper room for fear of the Jews. Okay, that was that. Was them. You know, they, they, they gathered in an upper room. That was the majority. And you remember Thomas's reaction to this. Thomas said, unless I place my finger in his side, unless I see him physically, it, it, it's, you're, you're all just blowing smoke. I need to see. So they had their own reaction to their pandemic, okay? And so we have a reaction within our congregation to the pandemic. Some of us are on Zoom right now because they have a, a, they have a, a true fear. I understand that. I understand. I get it. Okay, at first I didn't. I just got to be real. I did not. I, I, I was, if you will, I was Peter. We must be in church. We must, we must, we must. No, slow it down. Understand that each and every one of us are at different places in our life. And it's okay if they don't understand. Where is your faith and your hope and your trust found? It is found in him. So maybe their seed is just sprouting. Understand that. Nurture that. Look what Jesus did on his road when, when he was walking with them on the road. Look what Jesus did. Jesus lays it all out. And he says, these things I have spoken to you. So that's our filling. These things. But what are those things? Well, it's when they're on their walk, it's kind of confusing. I know I would have been confused if I didn't know the rest of the story. He says, the first thing he says, he says, that I'm going away. Uh, in, in, uh, in John 14, 2, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. But then uh, in John 16, 28, he says, I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. Sounds good so far. Then he says something else. Another thing that he says, he says, I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you a helper. And that's John 14, 16, and 17. And he says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be a, he may abide with you, the Spirit of truth. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance 
the things that I said to you. So at this point in their walk, at this point in their walk, they, 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 Jesus says that he's going away, but he's coming again. And oh, by the way, now he's bringing a helper. So far, so good. The next thing that he says doesn't kind of compute, but he says it's going to get rough. Tough times are coming. He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And then he goes on to say, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and your sorrow will be turned, uh, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Most of us know the 23rd Psalm. Most of us know the 23rd Psalm, and, and throughout this, if you will, pandemic, not only the pandemic, but when you have an issue in your life, I love Psalm 23-4 because it's, it, to me, it's, it's, if you will, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Look at Psalm 23-4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All right. When I said it's a fill in the blank, even though, okay, we all know that the shadow of death can do nothing to us. Is death real? Absolutely it's real. Is COVID-19 real? Absolutely it's real. Okay? But look who is with us. For you are with me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, you comfort me. In other words, what he's saying, focus on right things. Keep your mind and your and your just just focus on right things. If we go back to that passage, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of divorce, financial ruin, what, whatever it may be, job change, what, whatever, whatever. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, again, fill in that blank. Because whatever it is, it's real. It's real in your life. But who is with us? Who is with us? For you are with me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The next thing that he says, when he changes it up here, this time he says, I, he says, I command that you love one another. These things I command you, that's John 15, 17. These things I command you that you love one another. I can't imagine going through this life without the one another. I just can't. You know, at the start, at the start of this pandemic, uh, just to see Pastor John, if you will, through Zoom, okay, just to see a familiar face, to hear a familiar voice, was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then to hear Sam playing his music, and it was all I could do not to just, I, I want to so, so, so much be with the one another's. And then as time progressed, um, I was a rebel, if you will, and we held church in our own home. Okay? In other words, I, I invited a very select few to our home, and we would actually have church within our home. In other words, we would get dressed like we were going to church, although we weren't going anywhere, and we would sing with Sam, and then we would, we would listen to John's message, and then we would break bread after the fact. I kept it very short, you know, I mean, a very short list of who I invited, 
but I needed so much to be with the one another. It was, I, I just, I just can't imagine doing this life without the one another. We need to surround ourselves with the one another. Iron sharpening iron. Proverbs 27:17. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Ephesians 5, 18 and 20. I don't have this on the, on the slide, but Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 says this. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, there it is, one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. If you're ever having a down day, Psalm 34. There's a really good go-to psalm. Psalm 34. If you, anyway, enough said. You, you, you will, you will have, I can't imagine how, when, when those thoughts come to you that are not positive, battle it with Psalm 34. See how that works. Alright, next thing he says, he says, I need you to abide in truth. Abide in truth. So, during this pandemic, they say that we are supposed to get our news from reliable sources. We are supposed to get our news from reliable sources. I remember looking on the TV and I thought to myself, well, there's only one place to get reliable sources from. Now, of course, I went biblical. I went to the Bible. You know, that's that's where I want to go to. But yes, of course, you know, uh, even Luke was a physician. So, so we know that God, you know, does... Give us, you know, the information that we need. But John 15, 5 and 7 says this. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So, here we are. I'm a leader within the church. What is the right answer? What 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 is the right decision? What what do we do? What do we do? So one of the things that I do is I pray scripture back to God. It's his it's his word. It's it's his it's his analogy of things. So why would I not use his word to ask him a question? So what I will do is oftentimes when I don't know what to do, James 1.5 is my go-to verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Then James 3.17 kind of unpacks it a little bit deeper, and it says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Did you notice what it says there? That the wisdom from above is first pure. No, no personal agenda. There's no agenda in God's word. Okay? It's first pure. John 8.32 says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's amazing what you can step into. It's amazing the situations that you can step into when you know what the truth is. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I have, I have been 
I've had the pleasure, if you will, of, of counseling over the years, and it's just amazing to see when a counselee walks through that door of the, the, the situation that they're in. Now, a lot of times it's a very dire situation. But I give them God's word to use, and they apply it to their life, and it's all uh, uh, oh, over time and time and time again how it has changed their life. And believe me, I didn't do anything. The only thing that I did was I gave them God's word for their specific situation. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. When we put God's word to, if you will, when the rubber meets the road, if we take God's word and we put it into action, get ready. You will move mountains. You will move mountains. Okay, next fill-in is that in me you may have peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Again, focus on right things. So, Jesus is walking along with his disciples and he's telling them that your, your life is going to get hard. Things are coming your way that you're not expecting. There's only one source for true peace, and that's found in me. Keep focused on me. Colossians 3.1 says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. I want you to capture this in Colossians 3.1. Okay, God is sitting. He is not pacing the floor. He is not biting his nails. He is in absolute total control of where you are in your situation. And notice what the rest of that scripture says. He's sitting at the right hand of God. What do we know about the right hand of God? That is the power side of God. So not only is he sitting, but he's sitting in power. He knows where you are. He knows the situation that you're in, and he's got you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, there it is, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it doesn't make sense to the outside world why you're calm in that situation, but the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice that it does not say you will get it through your own power. It says you will get your power through Christ Jesus. Now, fill in number four, if you will. In this world, you will have tribulation. We're just passing through. We are just passing through. This life that we are in right now, I, I know it's hard to fathom, but it's just a blip on the radar screen. Uh, Francis Chan does does the, I mean, if you ever get a chance to see this video, it's really cool. He has a humongous pile of uh, bull rope sitting here, and, and he says, just pretend that this bull rope goes for all eternity. And he will take it and he'll color, if you will, the first inch and a half of that rope. That is our life here on this earth. And the rest of the rope from here to eternity is where we're going to spend that eternity. 
make sure in our little dash, if you will, that we concentrate and we get it right of what we need to do. We're just passing through. First John 2, 15 and 17 says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, I don't quote the message uh, too often, but the message, in my mind, really sets the tone on this one here. Ephesians 5, 11 through 17 says this. It says, don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in darkness where no one will see Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffin. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the Master wants. So, we're just passing through. We wear, if you will, the Christian uniform. We should be different in our workplaces. We should be different in, the, in our communities. So, this world is passing away. Okay, last filling. I, I deliberately left these two, um, I left these two blank because I want you to get this. I want you to understand. If there's anything, any part of the message I want you to get, I want you to get this. Okay, it says, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Anytime, anytime I use the word but in a sentence, everything before that word but is negated. Everything. So what was the sentence before this? In this world, you will have tribulation. But I have overcome the world. Do you see it? But God. Anytime, anytime that we're in a situation and God, we invite God into that situation, everything is changed. Everything is changed. Romans 8, 35 through 37 says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So, again, my two most favorite words that I ever see in the Bible is, but God. Because if you read the previous, if you read the previous uh, uh, chapter before the but God, to be sure, it's a dire situation. To be sure, it's a dire situation. But God, when, when we invite God into that situation, everything changes. Okay, here we are. Ephesians 2, 4 uh, through 6 and 8 through 10. Another one of those but God uh, uh, sections of Scripture. Look at this. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he, prayed, which he uh, loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit, there it is, we're sitting with him, 
in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared him that we should walk in them. When we are in this Christian life, we continue to walk, and he will walk right alongside us. I said we were going to cover John 13 through 17. Chapter 17 takes on a whole different flair. So, in chapter 17, there are three subtitles to chapter 17. The first subtitle is Jesus Prays for Himself. I used to think, used to think that uh, it was kind of self-centered and egotistical to pay, to pray for my own self. But then when I noticed that, hey, you know what? Jesus prayed for himself. Why wouldn't I? I mean, who knows my situation more so than I? And he hears our hearts. Why wouldn't I pray for myself? So anyway, first subtitle is Jesus prays for himself. Now, of course, this is in the garden. Okay. Anyway, the next subtitle is he prays for his disciples. He prays for his disciples. He does not want to lose not any of them. He doesn't want to lose not one. So, and, and that came true. But then the last subtitle, it's John uh, chapter 17, uh, verse 20 and 22. Uh, it says, the subtitle there says, Jesus prays for all believers. I don't know if you ever noticed or not, but, but we are in, you are right here in this passage. If you are a believer in Jesus, he prayed for you. That's pretty, that's pretty phenomenal. My, my mom, when my growing up, my mom died in an early age, and, and uh, anyway, uh, I should say early in my life, if you will, and, and uh, I just know that when when my mom prayed, okay, it was some, I don't know how else to say it, but it was almost like she had a direct connection. Like I, like when she when she prayed, I, she moved, uh, it was just amazing, her prayers, they, they moved the mountain. I could tell you so many stories that, that I got to witness you know, from my mom being an avid prayer warrior. Prayer moves mountains. It does. But here, Jesus. Do you think Jesus might have had a direct connection? I think so. Anyway, Jesus prays for us. Jesus prays for us. Okay? It says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. What he means by that is their disciples' word. You know that Christianity is one generation away from extinction? It is up for you and I to share that gospel. No wonder that, that it is Tom, uh, God has laid it on Tom's heart to, to, for us to share the gospel. We must tell the world about him. It's, it's not an option. We must. We should be so convicted about that. But anyway... It says that they will all, all may be one, and as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. And then moving down to verse 26, he says, I have declared to them your name. And will declare that the love which you love me may be in them, and I, that's the Holy Spirit, in them. I think it's really cool to know that 
Jesus prayed for you and I way back then before we were even born. Okay, bringing it all together. This verse says this. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Something that I wrote in my Bible many years ago, I don't know where I got it from, but it says this. I wrote it in my Bible, again, don't know where I got it from, but it says this. Conform your circumstances to God. Not God to your circumstances. Or, uh, today at the back table, someone put this little plaque out there uh, for someone to take home with them. And uh, I'll tell you what this plaque said. It basically says the same thing that I just said. But it says, don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. Okay. Last thing, I, I, I can't I can't help but, but share the rest of the story. It's John 19.30. Okay, so I was trying to get you a picture of the disciples' walk. Their, their, their walk with Jesus, how, you know, he was the one, he was going, he was the one that was going to the cross. I would think of anything, he should have been the one that was pulling the ripcord and, and running the other way. No, 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 no. That's not Jesus. That's not our Jesus. When we are facing that trial, when he knows it's up and coming, he is even more so going to walk alongside of us and talk to us because he loves us beyond any of our imagination. John 19.30 says this, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Notice what that verse says. It says, He gave up his spirit. Nobody took it from him. He gave it up. Okay, in the English language, we have to use, It is finished. But what he really said while he's on the cross was to tell us stop. It's one word, but it means paid in full. Whatever the debt was, whatever the debt is, it's paid in full. When Jesus went to the cross for you and I, when we put our faith, our hope, and our trust in him, it is paid in full. There is no reason, no reason, no reason that you wouldn't, I just can't imagine being, uh, having, knowing that, you know, that, that he's still willingly calling you, willingly calling you, and you're like, mm, but you don't know where I, 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 I did this and I did that. Don't do that. The Lord is still, the, the, <laughs> there's still room at the table. There's still room at the table. Okay. So as our worship team comes forward, I'll just, I'll just close us in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, I pray, Lord, that if I have said anything that was useless, may it quickly leave the minds and the hearts of people that are hearing this, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you and your word knits fast, that the seed sprouts. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to serve you. You're awesome, Lord. And I love you.
And it's in Jesus' name we pray.